Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew their show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, where we talk to the people behind the voices of the shows we listen to. This week, as you can maybe hear, we have uh, more than one guest. We have Ginny, we have Jenny Dietrich, who's the CEO of Army Dietrich, uh, a PR and communications firm in Chicago, Illinois. And she's also the founder and host of the Spin Sucks blog and podcast. And the podcast we'll be talking about today. And we may also be talking about the little monkey that's in the background too. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I told her she had to be quiet and she said, he can't hear me. I was like, he can hear you. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to take some major noise editing. (laughs) So Ginny, welcome to the show. How are you doing? How's that? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? It's been a long time since I've actually seen your face. I know, and and now my internet's choppy, so the camera's all choppy and what have you, so that's all fun. But yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I was thinking the last time we caught up was probably the um the event in Ottawa. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. That's probably the last time I think we caught up because I, Gosh, I know we got together. That was 2012, wasn't it? Yep, because I know um, I'd been down in Chicago in 2010 before Ewan was born. Um, yes. And then uh, maybe prior to that, we were at Blog World in Toronto. Yep. And then yep. 2012, and you Blog did World social media. Yeah, yeah so so I think it has been since then. That's crazy. Wow. Eight years. Mad. Eight years. Wow. Once this is all back to some form of normality, we'll have to fix that. Yes, we do have to fix For that. For sure. So, Judy, tell us a little about your show then. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I was at Content Marketing World probably three years ago. And I met the chief marketing officer from Libsyn. And he said to me, you know, you should start a podcast. He'd been to my um, breakout session. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. And he said, the interesting thing is that less than 1% are women hosts. So you would do really well just from that perspective. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And then um, I talked to my team about it. It was just one of those things that was another thing that we had to do, right? And finally, a friend of mine said, you need to meet the women who used to produce my podcast. They've just um, started their own business. And so they came to me and they said, we're going to make it really easy for you. We can take your blog posts and repurpose them into content. And all you have to do is record. So that was 100 episodes ago. Wow. We are. <laughs> and that, that's crazy that you mentioned. This was three years ago that you met with the, the person. And yeah. you said that only 1% of hosts were female. Yes. I wonder what the number, do you have like an idea of what that number would be now? I don't now? know. I should ask him. Yeah. I can't imagine it's increased considerably, but. Yeah. I, I know I see a lot of shows like on the web, like Apple or whatever, that are either co-hosted or hosted solely by women but let's say that's a crazy sad number and i guess being indicative of you know communication industry in general right well yeah true or business in general business in general yeah yeah Yeah. wow so that was three years ago and you're 100 episodes in because you do a a weekly show right weekly yeah yeah so So you've been podcasting for two years well i did yes for this been sucks um i've did i've done inside pr for gosh Hmm. 10 years now 
Right, because you did the live one. I think you did yeah. the live one at the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So that was probably one of our first. I would think. Yeah, right. Since ten years. Yeah. And so, what's been the biggest challenge now that you've moved on to your own? Because obviously, like you mentioned, you've done the Inside PR podcast for X amount of years, but you you're the sole host of the Spin Sucks podcast. I am. So what what sort of lessons did you take from doing it on Inside PR, and what you know what challenges you find doing your own show now? Um, the biggest challenge for me is that I'm not an auditory learner and I'm not a podcast listener. I just don't have time. And so going into that medium, it takes me twice as long to do that than it does to write a blog post or, you know, I can sit down and pound out 4,000 words in about an hour, but I can't, for some reason, the podcast takes me significantly longer. So, and I think that's why it's because that's not how I learn, but I keep at it because it is our number one driver of new business. Oh, wow. That's cool. So that's, yeah. you're actually getting leads and direct yeah. from the podcast. a yeah. lot. That's awesome. I was speaking to uh, our, our mutual friend, Bob Reed, um, and he'd mentioned he'd got a lead from Reddit of all places. Oh, uh, no kidding? Is, yeah. It's like a little conversation on Reddit and he's gone back and forth with this guy in South Korea about uh, a lead for his agency, which is awesome. Wow. That's cool. So huh. when you... When you mentioned like that, so that's your your primary lead driver at the moment. Um, is that from clients that have listened to a show where it's spoken about something specific to their needs, or how is that played out? Yeah, I think it's more along the lines of they listen, and you know, I mean, you listen to this stuff, and somebody's in your ears, and you feel like they you start to know to know them and trust them. I think it's more that than really specific things. Like, and and certainly, I talk about you know some of the things that we do as an agency and it's been sucks. And so it, it does lead to that thinking of, gosh, I think they can help us. And uh, to, to that point then, what's, um, what's your, how have you been driving the, the growth of the show? Obviously you've been gone two years. I, I didn't know that it shows how ignorant I am. I thought it was like a fairly recent, maybe in the last six months that you launched the podcast. You know, what's funny about that is we exploded in November. There were a couple of things that happened in November. One, I, so the, the production company used to write the scripts for me and I took that over in November. Um, so I think it became more authentic and we promoted Laura to Laura Petrolino to chief marketing officer. And so, and podcasting is her thing. She loves it. So she created a big promotional plan around it. So those two things, I mean, it exploded. We went from 70 or 80 downloads per, per episode and now we're at 5,000. Oh, wow. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah. And that's just since November, right? Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that it, you would think that it's in the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Laura's a smarter one out of the two, so you can notice a difference right, right away. Right, for sure, absolutely. Well, so what are some of the things that you're doing then uh, to promote the podcast? Obviously, you know, you're sharing it on your networks. What are some of the other things that you've found have worked for growing a show? Really, we just, we share it in email, we share it on the blog, and we share it in social. We don't really do anything beyond that. Right. And then obviously you've got, you've got word of mouth. I noticed that you've got a, a good chunk of reviews on iTunes, which is always good for, you know, yeah. helping shows yeah. get found on the directories. Yeah. yeah. The reviews have helped. We also moved from Libsyn to uh, Megaphone and the, the data in that is better, I think. Um, and it's, I, I think it's helped us reach new audiences through that as well. And so Megaphone's the host, do they promote on their own channels as well? You've got like a section there where people yep. can find you on Megaphone? Yep. Yep. Okay. And, and has the experience of moving from, say, co-hosting with, uh, was it Martin and Joe inside PR yep. you do? Yeah, Martin yep. and Joe, right? That's right. Yep. So moving from like a co-host to just running it yourself, what's the expectations? Has the, 
has it lived up to your expectations? Have you had any specific challenges of being a, a solo podcaster from a, a team of three? I mean, yeah. So we, I probably shouldn't admit this out loud, but we would show up for our recording and spend five minutes beforehand discussing what we were going to talk about. And then we would record. (laughs) And now I'm like super methodical. And I think about what I'm going to do and how can I involve the community? And, you know, do we need to bring in listener comments and what does that all look like? And there's a script and, you know, then I write a blog post and like, so it's, it's a, it's, a bigger commitment for sure. And and to that point, like you mentioned, um, do you plan ahead? I mean, obviously, because of the, the industry you're in, you can you can flip on a coin and, and adapt to a new story that's breaking that you might want to speak sure. about. Did you kind of use a content calendar and plan ahead what you want to speak about, like X amount of weeks or months down the line, or how did you plan that out? Well, I will tell you that we did until the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> And when that happened, we did switch on a dime and we haven't gone back to the plan that we had because we've been sort of navigating the waters of what people are talking about, especially in the spin sucks community and what we think they need. So at first it was, you know, here's, here's how you go virtual. And then it was, this is really hard. And here's some mindset things you can be thinking about. And then it was, you don't have to hustle and learn a new language or start a new business during this, like just protect yourself. And so we've kind of gone down that road versus more PR stuff for now. Right. Um, eventually we'll, we'll flip back to the business stuff, but that's where we are right now. And do you think maybe that's because a lot of businesses are obviously in the same boat as yourself. Um, they're, they're looking at challenges facing the, the clients, you know, coming in and not churning clients, uh, keeping team members employed. Do you think that switch has led to some of the, uh, you mentioned the leads earlier, coming into your company. Is it leaders that are looking to do the same thing that are learning as they go? Or Yeah, and I would say it's, yes, it's been interesting because, you know, we've been virtual since 2011. So the idea that people, it it's overwhelming for people and that they don't know what to do is funny to me because it's just how we work, right? And we've had a lot a lot of people come to us and say, can we hire you to help us kind of build this infrastructure and understand what it looks like? And and, and to, for us, we're like, just get Zoom and Slack. Right. <laughs> but it's it's bigger than that. So some of the business that we've done during this is that kind of stuff, which is interesting. And what are your goals for the, the future of the shop? I mean, you mentioned that obviously it started out as a PR stroke communication podcast, mm-hmm. and that's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat at the moment. But do you have like a, a big one-year, five-year plan kind of thing for the show and the direction it's going to take and obviously continuing to to offer leads, et cetera, and how that plays into your your business? Yeah, I mean, for sure we want it to to drive leads. And we launched the PESO model certification in February with Syracuse University. So that's our big push for the next 12 months at, at the very least. So we want to see, you know, the podcast help with that. I really see it as an extension of the blog, which is professional development. And it's just a different way to get it. And if you're an auditory list, uh, an auditory learner, it's an easier way for you to get it than to sit down and, and read a blog post or read a 4,000 word article. Right. And I know you'd created the, um, was it the Spin Sucks uh, Academy or online uh, Academy? Yeah. Does the, the podcast play into that? Is that going to be featured as part of that or like exclusive stuff for Academy members or? It will be eventually. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. We're actually working with a university in Canada that will help us um, build into that. For, but So that's coming. Okay. So obviously great Canadian minds again, you know, helping the US out just for. Listen, yeah. I love my Canadians. You know that. I love yeah. my Canadians. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, who are you working with? Are you allowed to say? 
I'm not allowed to say yet, but it's somebody you would recognize. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I would imagine maybe you or T. I'll have a look at that. Or it could be Sue. Sue. I'm going to stay quiet in case I'm not allowed to say anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be after this. I'm going to be pinging on my Canadian friends that are at university, saying, "Okay, you're working. <laughs> it's you, isn't it?" <laughs> let's get a look forward to that. So, as someone that's been um multi-host podcast eh? and now you're on host what one piece of advice would you possibly give to say someone that's interested in following your footsteps and you know either starting a podcast or expanding their their current content plan to you know complement it with some podcast episodes now and again what what's your piece of advice for them um i would say two things i would say find a co-host because it's easier you know than having to do it yourself and I also would, the other piece of advice is I would look at different models, like everybody who podcasts does interviews. So is there a different way that you can look at podcasting that doesn't, that helps you stand out, that doesn't make you look like everybody else? So uh, what, what advice would you give to me then? Not to sound like anybody else. Doing interviews. Well, I don't think, I mean, first of all, listen to you. You don't sound like anybody else. <laughs> Apart from um, Scottish podcasters. Right. <laughs> get, a, get an accent. <laughs> You know, I think the way that you're the, the I'm going to say something nice about you and this really, this is really hard for me. Okay, here we go. <sighs> uh, the way that you market your, the things that you're doing, and I've seen you evolve over the, you know, the, the last decade and even longer, you do such a nice job of promoting what it is, what's coming, guests that you have. I mean, you've done a great job. It's been kind of fun on Facebook of talking about this podcast and what's coming in the lineup for this one. Um, and you do such a nice job with that in a way that's authentic and interesting for people. You also are doing a different topic. You know, you could, you're not doing something about marketing or communications like everybody else. So it, the topic is interesting too. How much do you? Is that the $47? That's a going rate, right? Are we still on that $47 going rate? I think we've got up to 97. 97. Inside joke on going rates for social media wonks and gurus <laughs> telling courses. <laughs> okay, so to change things up a little bit, obviously we've got a little guest, a special guest with you today in the background there. Um, I'm not sure, maybe the listeners will pick up on that or not. But, so, Addy, do you want to talk about Addy and how she came to be in your life? Because I know that's been a, a huge, it was like a big secret for the longest time. And then you were finally through to open up about that. I mean, that's going to have... Well, obviously, it's been a, a huge change. Now, so, so how did that come about? And, you know, what's been the biggest changes for that? So I can't have my own children. And we looked at different ways to grow our family. And we went through, we went and talked to adoption agencies. And, you know, we did all this stuff. And one of the things, we found two things about adoption agencies here in the U.S. And one was that they needed you to have W-2s to show that you were employed. And because Kelly and I are both self-employed, we don't have W-2s. We have right. tax returns, but we don't have and so they had a really hard time with that. And the other thing is that, you know, this was 2012. Um, they wanted me, not Kelly, but me to be available to drop everything and go live in another state for three to six months until the baby was born. And as a business owner, that wasn't something that I was able to do. And so it was really tough to sort of go down that. And I'm sure we could have jumped those hurdles, but it was it was it, they made it harder than it needed to be. Um, and so we looked at foster care and we went, you go to foster care class and you sit in a room without windows every Saturday all day. And you really, you learn about the bureaucracy of the foster care system is what you learn. And so then you pass and you get certified and then you wait. And on January 14th, 
2014, we got a phone call and they said, we have a baby girl. She's in emergency care. Can we put her with you while we figure things out? And we were like, I like, we're not in this to give the child back. Essentially we're in this to build our family. And the, the social worker said, you know, I just, I really, I have a feeling about this. I don't think she's going back to her mother and she didn't. Um, so we went through the whole process of, we had to show up three days a week to the library so that the biological mother could see her and the biological mother didn't show up, but we had to prove that we were there. And I had to fill out these forms every three days a week that, that, you know, showed that we were there and that we waited for an hour and on those kinds of kinds of things. And after 90 days of not showing up, then they said, okay, well, you only have to do it once a week. And so we did that once a week, every week. And again, she didn't show up. And so then 90 days after that, they, they reduced it to once a month. And one of those times she did show up and she said to me, can I talk to you alone for a minute? And she pulled me aside and she said, would you be interested in adopting Addie? And I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> and there was a lot of back and forth. Like she, she was, she was very young and she knew that that was the right thing to do, but she was also getting pressure from her family not to do it. And so there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of court appointments and dates and all that kind of stuff. But in November of 2017, we were able to finally adopt her. So it was it was almost four years of that back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that must have been, I mean, I can all imagine how frustrating that must have been to be so close at times and then be wary of, is it going to happen? Now, I mean, was there any, was there any times that you just thought, this is not going to happen, like, we can't keep doing this or was it not never an option really it sort of wasn't an option like i don't i don't think we ever thought that it wouldn't happen but you know you they have to do everything the court system has to do everything they can to make sure that later one of the parents biological parents does not come back and try to get the child right so they had to try to alert the father but she didn't know who the father was so that we had to alert three different men and then we had to put something in the paper and so there's like all of this stuff that has to happen and there's time in between that it takes and finally the judge was like yeah you guys don't need to worry like we just need to run through the right the, <clears throat> but it took yeah she was almost four when wow. it, when we finally and that was 2017 so now she just celebrated her sixth birthday recently seventh, seventh. wow and she's like a, a chirpy little one. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I've been enjoying, I know on Facebook, and and that's I so, and I think that's been one of the the, the cool things to, you know, following this story along is, uh, you're a pretty outgoing and gregarious person generally, um, but you couldn't obviously share what was going through you know your life at the time with Baddie. Right. And now, right. now you're allowed to speak about it. And during quarantine time, one of the th- the cool things that we're seeing is you sharing on Facebook your daily updates about how, you know, family Dietrich is getting through this. Um, and, and that's going to be fun. But I, you also share that, like any parent, their kids think they're rotten and they want to be in a different family and are going to pack up and leave home. What, what's been some of the uh, the fun challenges of being a mom? You know, I mean, it's my favorite favorite title of all. And you know, you love being a parent too. Um, it's It's one of the best things ever. Um, but yeah, she's a sassy little thing. And she it's funny because people will say she's so you. <laughs> I mean, nature versus nurture there. But um, she's just like every other kid. You know, she did. She did pack her suitcase at the start of this and was like, I'm going to live with my friend because I don't like you. And I was like, all right, well, you're not going to like your friends, mom, more than you like me. But OK. Right. <laughs> 
Well, and then has there been any more like that, or is it, do you have like your little daily battles, or is it pretty much? Okay? Yeah, I mean, right now it's more along the lines of you know, she's just. I'm sure your kids are doing this too. They they miss their friends. They miss the routine. They miss being able to be outside. They miss going to recess. They miss the the social piece. They miss the routine and the structure of school. There's, you know, they, we're recording this on a Friday and we haven't done any school today because I'm just like, it is what it is, you know? And, and she'll say things like, you're not doing it right or you're not my teacher, or, you know? And it depends on the day. Some days I'm just like, I get it, kid. And then other days it makes me cry. But <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's, it's a joy. I always think being, being a parent is one of the most equally rewarding and unrewarding you know, jobs right. we'll ever have. Because <laughs> no matter what we do, we will suck at something. Yes. And, uh, yes. So, okay, so who's your all-time hero and why? Who's my all-time hero and why? I would say my mom, you know, she's just, she's just my rock. She's my rock. She's always been there for me. She's always known exactly what to say. Sometimes she says things that I don't want to hear, but need to hear. And she's my best friend. All right. Uh, is Mother's Day coming up soon? Mother's Day is coming up soon. So you're going to have like a double celebration. Eh? You have yourself and obviously your mom. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you guys doing? Do you guys communicate via Zoom at the moment then when you're do you get like screen time, FaceTimes? Yeah, FaceTime and text. I text her constantly. Yeah. Well, I, I know I wrote a blog post a few years back about, you know, why you shouldn't be scared of upsetting Jenny Dietrich's mum. And I'll have to try <laughs> hunt that down. Uh, see, <laughs> see what I'd said. I'll send it over for a Mother's Day gift. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> so, Jenny, this is like, I really enjoyed catching up with you. Like you say, we've, it's been almost 10 years since we've actually been in the same room, which is kind of yeah. weird. No, to, to think about that. For people that want to find you online and listen to the podcast and connect with you, where's the best place for them to catch you? Spinsucks.com. And so everything will feed out from there. They can find you on Facebook, Twitter. They can find the podcast and everything yep. over there. Everything and also I'll drop the, the links to the, the, the show and uh, the site and everything in the show notes. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay, well, guys, again, Ginny, uh, thanks for appearing on the show. I really appreciate it. I love the fact that we had a little guest for about three quarters of the show, you know, which I think it's it's going to be so like um, everybody's going to realize that this is what we do during this time, right? Yeah, we've got kids what it is. Got, we're trying to do what we do. Um, yep. Hopefully your, your family's keeping well. I know. What's Kelly doing these days? Is he still working in the political arena? He is. And people are so mad at Trump that he's doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's good then it's got a, a, a lot of leads there you'll be hoping it, it can take yeah exactly a few months <laughs> all right well i appreciate you coming on the show um i hope people you know check out your podcast like you say it's a it's a it's a different kind of podcast for the communications industry at the moment it's really helping people understand you know what's going on now and how to, you know how to get through it and then getting back into the communication side later um, until next week, guys, this has been Danny on Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode when it comes out. Until the next time, take care and we'll speak soon. You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories. <laughs>